a new series today, a three-week series in the book of Titus. So uh, you want to find the book of Titus, it's right after 1st and 2nd Timothy, and we uh, just completed a study in 2nd Timothy, so it's right after that, the book of Titus. And unlike uh, a lot of series that we do where we go in-depth verse by verse, this won't quite be that way uh, because we're going to just take a chapter a week. It's going to be, I think, an intense summary of the book of Titus, Uh, but I'm hoping that because Titus is a book that many times gets neglected and a lot of Christians do not read or study it, that uh, maybe this three-week series will whet your appetite to get into it and read it and study it a little bit for yourself. And like most books of the Bible, there is usually within each book a verse or a couple of verses that sort of unlock uh, the entire book. It's sort of a verse or a passage that uh, just completely opens it up and everything else that's being said sort of can go back to that sort of key. And Titus is no different. It has sort of a key to it. And I want to begin there this morning. And the reason being, too, is because this verse really illustrates for us as Christians, one, why we have to study the Word of God a little bit uh, and get below the surface, uh, and and why, without studying things in context, how things can be taken out of context and can do a lot of damage. The verse I want us first to look at is Titus 1, verse 15. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. Paul says to Titus, All is pure to those who are pure, but to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and consciences are corrupted. Now, in this verse, I want to use sort of a modern illustration to illustrate the principle of what Paul is saying to us here. Because again, there have been many people who read this in the English translation and go, all things are pure to those who are pure? Wow. You know, that can be a little dangerous. And you're absolutely right. Here's what Paul is talking about. In this entire book, over the next three weeks, there's one thing that Paul wants to zero in on, both in Titus's life and in our life. He wants us to be able to receive a clear, strong signal from God. He wants us to know, even before that, that God desires for all of his people to hear his voice strong and clear to know what God is saying. Let me take an aside. One of the sad truths today is that there are many Christians. And the reason I know this is because many of them even come up to me and others and go, I haven't heard God's voice and I can't tell you how long. Or I'm in this situation, but I don't really hear God speak. I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know. And they literally go through their Christian life sort of groping and grasping and thinking they hear God's voice, but they're really not sure. Wow, Paul says, first of all, God does want us to hear his voice strong and clear. 
But you and I have the responsibility of making sure in that transmission that we are receiving a strong and clear signal because Paul's going to tell Titus one of the real big reasons why we need to as a church and as individual Christians be receiving a strong, clear signal is because if we're not, then we're not going to be sending out a strong, clear signal of who God is and what God is like to those around us. And that's why I want to use a modern illustration of that that we all can relate to. Any of us who use technology at all, and it's hard not to today, know that it's really important that especially with our phones and things, that we always have a strong, clear signal. If we don't, then we're not going to be able to receive messages from others, and we're certainly not going to be able to send a clear message to others. And there's all kinds of things that can obviously corrupt or interrupt that signal. That's what Paul's trying to say when he says all things are pure to those who are pure. He's simply using the word pure here, not so much in a moral way, but as a way to illustrate uncorrupted, undiluted signal. And he's saying, look, if, if you're a Christian, if you're a church and you're getting a strong, clear signal from God, then obviously you have the confidence to know I'm getting a strong, clear signal and therefore I can send out a strong, clear signal. When he goes on in verse 15 to say, but those who are corrupt, those who are getting a corrupted signal, a signal that's being interrupted, a signal that's not very clear, or they are unbelieving, they don't even, you know, have their faith in God. He says, then their minds are unable to really discern and make decisions and know what God wants or thinks in any situation. And at this this point, we've got to go back even a little bit further. We've also got to say this. Do we really want to know what God thinks? See, part of the thing that's going to happen is if I really don't want to, and I can say to others, oh, I really want to know God's will. I really want to know, I want to hear God's voice. I want to know what God thinks about this. But in our heart, in our mind, we really don't. We really, if we're honest, want to do our own thing. And, and we don't really want to know, then guess what? That signal that God wants to give into your life very strong and clear will not come in strong and clear at all. Because God knows you really aren't interested in what I think, what I desire. You're really not interested in what I want. You're more interested in what you want. And so the signal is going to get lost. See, it starts with us really desiring to hear God strong and clear. Then we're going to learn in this study that there are things in our life that can interrupt or corrupt that signal from God that we've got to get rid of. For instance, many Christians today have so many voices, so many things pouring into their life that they can't cut through all the noise and really hear God, that God's voice just becomes one of many voices that they are allowing into their lives. And therefore, when it comes to really hearing God or knowing what God wants to say, it's not like his voice is any stronger or any clearer than every other voice. And so sometimes what Christians have to do 
is they have to begin to cut out so many other things in their life so that they can be still and be quiet before God and truly hear God's voice. Many Christians even have a hard time slowing down enough and stopping throughout their day and week enough because they're so busy doing so many important things, more important than hearing God's voice, that they really don't even take time to truly hear God's voice. And then there's things, too, that can corrupt or interrupt the signal. Lisa and I experienced this just a couple weeks ago with our TV. We had to have the media people come out because on our TV, when we would watch it, there would be like tiling and and the signal would stop. And, you know, you'd be watching something and all of a sudden they'd keep moving their lips, but there'd be no sound. And, and, And the signal was literally being interrupted. And then it would be good for 20, 25 seconds. And then it would do it again. It was driving me crazy. It was like, I couldn't understand what was going on. It's like I'd get bits and pieces. So we called and they came out and hear what the problem was. There wasn't a problem with the cable on that TV. There was a spare TV that we had hooked up in another room that we don't even use anymore. It was more when our kids were still home. And there was a piece of cable in that cable that was bad. And that bad cable... In another room, in another TV, was actually interrupting the signal on ours. And we had to get rid of that bad piece of cable and put in it. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, it worked. And it reminded me even then how many things can interrupt the signal, even in our technology, and why sometimes we don't hear and get a clear signal from others. And obviously then we can't send out a clear signal to others. And that's what Paul is saying to Titus. Now to illustrate how God wants us to hear his voice loud and clear. You don't have to turn there. But I would encourage you to read this passage at some point. In the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Jesus illustrates his relationship with his people this way. He says, I'm a shepherd and you are my sheep. And listen to what Jesus says. He says, my sheep should hear my distinctive voice, know that it's me and follow me. And that's really a good illustration of how God wants to speak into our lives. And it's really cool when you understand even the the Middle Eastern way of shepherding. Because unlike in a lot of places in the world, instead of driving sheep like a lot of shepherds do, in the Middle East, they would lead their sheep. And the sheep of different shepherds at night would be kept usually in the same pen. So think about it. You've got five different shepherds all now convoluting their sheep, all in the same pen at night. So all these different herds are mixed up. But the shepherds knew, and the sheep knew, that their shepherd had a distinctive call. And so in the morning, what the shepherds would do is they would surround that pen, all at different places. And they would begin to give their distinctive call to those sheep. And guess what? those sheep knew the distinctive call of their shepherd and they would come out of that pen and they would go right to their shepherd. Because they could differentiate, even as sheep, 
between the call and voice of their shepherd and the call and voice of other shepherds that they did not recognize. And that's why Jesus uses that illustration in John chapter 10. He says, I want my people, my sheep, to get to the point where they hear my distinctive voice. They know when I am calling. They know when I am speaking. And they don't allow all these other voices and all these other distractions to get in the way of hearing my distinctive voice and knowing that at any time in their life, they know exactly what Jesus, their shepherd, wants them to do. That his voice is coming out very strong and clear. See, Paul's saying to Titus, That if we don't really want to know what our shepherd thinks and how he wants to lead us, or we are allowing so many different things in, or there's something in our life that's interrupting or corrupting that signal, then we are going to have a very hard time making decisions, making choices, understanding God's will in any given situation, because it's not coming through loud and clear, and there's a reason why. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. They don't get a strong, clear signal about anything. And so, again, notice what he says. Their minds, in verse 15, their minds are corrupted and their consciences, too. He's saying their ability and capacity to discern and make decisions, their human radar is all whacked. They don't know what God thinks. They have no idea what to do in each and every situation. Now, the remedy for that, obviously, is I want to know, God, what you think. I really do. That my heart's desire is to hear your voice loud and clear. And so Paul begins to share with Titus, if that's really the case in your life, Titus, and in the life of the people that you're going to be pastoring, then here's some things that you should be hearing from God loud and clear that will always be true of God's voice in your life. Verse 1 from Paul, a slave of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's chosen one. And the knowledge of the truth that is in keeping with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the ages began. Now in his own time, in God's timing, he has made his message evident. In other words, Paul is saying, look, God made his message loud and clear. And how did he do it? Paul said he did it through the preaching I was entrusted with according to the command of God, our Savior. In other words, again, there's no excuse for any Christian at any place in history to just say, I got nothing. I can't hear God's voice because if 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 the signal's not coming in loud and clear. If it's being corrupted in some way or diluted in some way, it's not God's fault. It's not that God has not and is not speaking to us loud and clear. If we're not hearing the voice of God as God's children, it's because there's something wrong on our end. There's something wrong where we're not receiving that. 
Because Paul said it's clearly evident. And then Paul goes on to say that this letter is specifically written to you, Titus, my genuine son in the faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. In the first couple of verses, Paul zeroes in on what we can always hear from God loud and clear about what the focus of our life should be. And not that there aren't going to be other things involved specifically, but these four things definitely should always be evident. The first is that God always wants my faith to grow. Notice what Paul said in verse 1. God called me. And what did he want me to focus on and encourage others to do? To further their faith of God's chosen one. Is your faith growing? Is your trust and confidence and spiritual convictions in God growing? That's something that God has spoken about loud and clear. And Paul says to the Romans in the book of Romans, how does my faith grow? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. My faith will not grow apart from my relationship in an intimate, dynamic way with this book, the Bible. I cannot expect to further my faith and to let my faith go deeper and deeper if I'm really not into God's word. And God doesn't need to say this again. We should know as his people, this is clearly evident. This is a signal that comes through from God to me all the time. God wants my faith to continually grow. Second, God wants my knowledge of the truth to continually grow. Because Paul says, not only to further the faith in God's chosen ones, but also to further the knowledge of the truth in God's chosen one. Is our knowledge of the truth growing? And by the way, this word for knowledge is a precise and accurate knowledge. We talked about that, and Paul talked about that in the epistles, uh, the letters of First and Second Timothy. How... You know, many people can read the Bible and study the Bible, but if we're not getting the interpretation precise and accurate, if we're not right in our interpretation or how we're looking at that scripture, then not, not only is going to damage us, but it's going to damage others around us. It's not just a matter of reading it. It's a matter of getting it right. And Paul says, it is always a desire of God that his children hear his voice and know that he always wants us to be furthering our faith and furthering our knowledge of the truth. But notice Paul doesn't stop there. He doesn't want any Christian at any time to think that it's just about information, that it's just about piling up all these facts about God or about the Bible in our minds. It's got to be about transformation. It's got to be making all this knowledge, all this extra faith that I keep getting, it's got to be about leading me to become in my behavior every day more like Jesus Christ. There's got to be that connection, which is why he says, 
godliness. See what he says? To further the knowledge of the truth that is in keeping with godliness. If all this knowledge of the truth isn't leading us to become more like Jesus Christ, more godly, more like God would do it, more like God would say it, then Paul says there's a disconnect. There's there's something interrupting the signal. There's something that's corrupting the signal. Because if the signal is coming through from God loud and clear into my life, then I will also know that there's got to be a connection between all that I'm taking in and all that I'm learning and how it's being fleshed out in my life. In fact, you see this back over in verse 16. Notice what Paul said about these people who are disconnected, if you will, and not receiving a strong, clear signal from God, what's he say say is one of the characteristics. He says they profess to know God, but in their deeds, in their actions, in their lifestyle, in their choices, in decisions, they deny him. In other words, there's a disconnect between what's coming out of their mouth and their walk. There's There's a disconnect between their walk and their talk. They can talk Christianity better than any, you know. And if you were just to hold a conversation with these kind of people, you would be impressed that they were spiritual people. But if you had the opportunity to observe how they talk to others, how they talk about others, what goes on in their minds, what is truly in their hearts, and how that fleshes out in their relationships and stuff, There's a disconnect. And Paul is simply saying, when you and I are receiving an uninterrupted, undiluted, uncorrupted, clear signal from God, then there will also be a connection between everything we're hearing from him and how we're living our lives. There won't be a disconnect. There will always be daily application of what God is saying in his word to how we are living our life. And then there's another one that Paul talks about in verse two. Our hope should continually be growing in hope of eternal life. And let's remember the word hope means confident expectation. Hope in the Bible is not used the way we use it in the English language. For I hope something happened. Mean It's my desire, but I, there's no surety. It's still up in the air. When the Bible talks about hope, the reason Christians can be so confident is because our hope isn't based on anything on earth. It's not based on anything human, anything that we say or do. It's based on the word of God, which Paul says, God can't lie. So if my hope is based on a God who has revealed himself and spoken very clearly and very plainly, and this God can't lie... What hope I should have. Because my hope isn't being based on me or what other people think or say or what's going on in the world today. My hope is built on God and what God has said. So Paul is simply saying to Titus, Titus, do you really want to know what God thinks? And if so, Titus, Are are you making sure in your life that the signal that God's voice is coming through strong and clear? Because Titus, you're going to be a pastor. 
And you've got a tough assignment. I'm sending you to the island of Crete. And if you read chapter 1, you know that, talk about a tough assignment. The island of Crete, if, if any place needed some good, strong local churches, it was Crete. Because Paul understood, as God understands, obviously, from God, that here's how I'm going to solve this, Paul. Here's how I'm going to solve this, Titus. This is God's plan, not man's plan. The way to make sure that other people are getting a strong, clear signal from God is to build strong local churches. Let me repeat that. Because that's not something that most people think of today. But that's God's way of doing it. If we're listening to God's voice, God clearly says, my plan is that you will hear my voice through strong local churches. That's why Paul goes on in verse 5 to say, the reason I left you in Crete was to set in order the remaining matters, and to appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Every town on the island of Crete was to have spiritually mature leaders, elders, pastors, to lead them. Pastors and elders and leaders that were getting clear, strong signals from God so that they could give out a clear, strong signal to their people so that the church itself in whatever town or community it was in could be sending a strong and clear signal to their community. By the way, interestingly, the words to set in order in verse 5 is a Greek word where we get our English words like orthodontist and orthopedist because it literally meant the setting of a bone or setting something that's crooked straight. And Paul is simply saying, you've got to go on that island of Crete. You've got to begin to find some spiritually mature people. You've got to get them in these different towns, and they've got to begin to raise up local congregations who are sending out a strong, clear signal of what God wants. Because he's going to tell us later on, there was a lot of people on the island of Crete that either at that point didn't care what God thought, weren't, wasn't interested in what God thought or desired, or they said they were interested but their life wasn't matching up. There was something corrupting the signal coming from God. There was something interrupting God's voice in their life. And they were at a loss as to know what to do most of the time in their life and how to live. And Paul says it comes back to the local church. That's why Paul spends so much time in this chapter and other parts where he talks about this, talking about the character of those who lead the church, which is what he does in verse 6, really down through verse 9. He talks about the kind of people that should be put in charge of these local churches. 
Because whether we like it or not, everything rises and falls on leadership in anything in life. Not just church, but business, whatever. It all comes back to leadership. And Paul is simply telling Titus, if you get somebody in there who's too weak, who will not stand up to their culture, who will not stand up and say, thus saith the Lord, who will allow people to intimidate them and sort of talk them down, Paul said, then there's not going to be a strong, clear signal from God. If the message is compromised at all, then obviously those people sitting under that leadership, they're not going to know any more about what God's voice is saying than anybody else because they're not getting it in the church, you see. That's why I even notice what Paul says in verse 9. He tells Titus, you must choose people who will hold firmly to the faithful message as it has been taught so that he will be able to give exhortation in such healthy teaching and correct those who speak against it. First of all, Paul says the goal should be healthy teaching in the church. In other words, teaching that promotes the spiritual health of God's people. God's people sitting under the right teaching should be growing in their spiritual health. If anyone is part of a local church, and one of two things, either they're not getting healthy teaching, they're not really getting the word, then how do we expect them to be spiritually healthy? Or they go to that church, they attend that church, but they really don't have a heart's desire to really know what God thinks or says. So they attend, they're physically present, but even though the teaching is okay, it never makes a difference in their life because there's that disconnect again. Or there's something in their life at that moment, at that season of their spiritual life that is corrupting or diluting the signal from God. And Paul is saying, no, there's always got to be healthy teaching. Christians should be able to say, I go to church to maintain my spiritual health. And I should be able to say that the church that I go to, I hear God's voice loud and clear. It's not like, well, like a lot of, I think that's what God thinks or wants. I I don't know. And it's so sad. I'll just say it this way. So many Christians today needlessly are clueless. They don't have a clue about what God wants or thinks in any situation. And as I said earlier, That's not God's fault. Jesus says, my sheep should always be able to hear my distinctive voice cut through all the other noise of life. And above all other voices, all other signals that I allow into my life, I as a Christian, as one of God's sheep, should always be able to hear Jesus speaking to me.
But many Christians, if they're honest, have turned God's voice down or off a long time ago. Because somewhere along the line, God's voice and what God desired and what God wanted from them contradicted what they wanted. And so instead of hearing God's voice come through strong and clear, and then having to wrestle with, but God, that's not what I want, they just start to sort of turn the dial down on God's voice until it becomes sort of non-existent. This is what happened to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. That's what the Old Testament's all about. That there were periods in Old Testament history with even God's people, the nation of Israel, where they didn't have a clue what God thought about anything. And it had been so long since they heard the voice of God that even when God spoke, they were like, is that God or is that me or is that some? And that's the way a lot. I don't know whether this is coming from me or coming from God. They don't know. Think about the call of Samuel. God called Samuel to be a prophet when he was a young boy. But because Eli hadn't heard from God for so long or didn't care to hear from God for so long, that Eli couldn't recognize the voice of God. And the Bible says Samuel couldn't recognize it because he hadn't had experience yet in really being able to discern the voice of God in his life. So here God's speaking, calling Samuel, and they both got nothing. Until finally, Eli goes, Samuel, I think you just need to sit down and be quiet because I think God's trying to get a hold of you. And Samuel's like, oh, okay, okay, I can do that. And then he heard God speak. And Paul tells Titus, Titus, here's the reason why it's so important for Christians to be receiving a clear signal. Because it is also our responsibility as God's people to send out a clear, strong signal to others around us. And the only way we can send out a strong, clear signal to others around us about who God is and what God is like is if we're receiving a clear signal. If our signal from God is being diluted or corrupted in some way, then the signal that we're sending out to others is going to be corrupted and diluted. And that's why people then will begin to get wrong ideas about God coming from us. And that's why Paul says to Titus, Titus, that's why it's so imperative that in this very difficult assignment that God has for you, that you get on that island of Crete, And that you appoint elders who will be strong enough to make sure that the signal that they're giving all the different people who come to Christ in these towns all over this island are hearing God's voice all the time loud and clear. Because that's the only way these churches then are going to be able to send out a strong, clear signal to others around them. And we know how important this is. Notice beginning in verse 10. Because Paul tells Titus, Titus. There are many rebellious people, idle thinkers, and deceivers, especially those with Jewish connections. And notice what he tells Titus and what Titus needs to tell the elders in these churches. These people must be silenced. They must be stopped. Literally in the Greek, they must be shut up. Why? Why? Because false teaching 
because not getting God's voice right, because heresy, because wrong doctrine is absolutely damaging. It destroys people's lives and destroys people all around who buy into it. In fact, he says that. The reason they must be silenced is because they literally are upsetting, misleading whole families by teaching for dishonest gain what ought not to be taught. See, today, especially in Movements like the emerging church, you will hear those leaders of these church movements say, doctrine isn't that important. All that's important is we just get together and learn to get along and love each other. Yeah, that's important, but not at the expense of truth. Jesus says, the people who want to worship me will always worship me in spirit and in what? Truth. And today, in all of our churches, there is a battle for truth going on. And it's not a battle between people in the church and outside the church like many Christians think. The battle for truth is actually taking place within the church itself. Because Satan knows. I can't bring people in from outside. That won't work. But if I can infiltrate the church of Jesus Christ with people who downplay doctrine, who downplay the Bible, who say doctrine's really not important anymore. It's not really important what truth is. False teaching isn't that damaging. We can all sort of just agree to disagree, and there doesn't need to be a strong, clear voice of what God thinks or says. Paul's telling Titus, don't ever buy into that, Titus. People who get messed up with heresy and false teaching, it destroys them. I know of this firsthand in my own life. I spent years, along with being a pastor, of deprogramming people out of cults. You tell me that doctrine doesn't matter? Yes, it does. It destroys people's lives. And notice what he goes on to say. A little humor, maybe, even though it's sad. Notice what he says in verse 12. And a certain one of them, in other words, a Cretan himself, Says, in fact, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. And notice what Paul says. Yeah, that's true. Wow. No wonder there needs to be a strong, clear signal on the island of Crete. Because there were so many on that island that had no clue what God thought, what his desires and will were. And maybe they didn't even care at this point. That's why Paul goes on to say, for this reason, rebuke them sharply. That they may be, notice again, healthy in the faith. Spiritually healthy. The number one thing 
in our lives as Christians that will enable us to become spiritually healthy and maintain spiritual health and fitness is when you and I are hearing God's voice strong and clear. That's where it begins. That there is a strong, clear, undiluted, uncorrupted signal coming from God to us. Because that's the only way that you and I will ever be able to send out a strong, clear signal to others. Who desperately need a strong, clear signal today. Because for the most part today, even in the church... Leaders, pastors, God's people, pretty wishy-washy. It really doesn't matter. We don't really need to get into the word and know what God thinks or says. We can sort of just fly by the seat of our pants and figure this out on our own. I don't really need to get connected to a good local church and really be faithful because that doesn't really make much of a difference in my Christian life. I can... I can find God and worship Him on my own. Christians who say those things immediately tell me, you're not getting a strong, clear signal from God, are you? Because He's already spoken. It's very clear. There's just something interrupting that signal at this point. In the next moment, We're going to sing an ending song today that talks about really looking to God and wanting to hear from Him. Here's what I'd like all of us to do who are present here today. I'd like us to ask ourselves a couple of questions. First of all, if I'm honest, right now in my life, do I really want to know what God thinks? what God says, what his desires, what his will is. Do I really want to know? Because if I'm honest and I really don't, then that signal will not be coming through strong and clear. Second, if I really desire to hear God's voice strong and clear above all others and to know what God wants and what God desires and what his will is, then if... I'm somehow having a hard time hearing his voice or understanding what he wants. What is it in my life right now that's diluting that signal, that's corrupting that signal coming from God? That God may want me to deal with so that I can begin to truly hear his voice strong and clear. If some of you today are being faced with a decision or choice in your life. And you really want to hear God on the matter. You really want to know, God, what do you want? What do you want me to do? You can certainly right there in your seat today go, God, I need to do some business with you. But maybe some of you, as we sing this last song, maybe some of you who are being faced with decisions and choices and maybe you've been wrestling with things for quite a while and you're still not sure, you're, you're still not convinced of what God's true voice is in the matter and what He wants, I would encourage you just, just for nothing else the sake of sort of 
putting a, a marker down in your life to come here this morning. And you just say before God, God, I'm, I'm making a little bit of extra effort here to come during this last song and to kneel here at the front and to just, to just seek you. Because I really want to hear your voice on this. I really want to know what you think. Let's pray. God, you have made it very clear to us today that you desire us to hear your voice at all times loud and clear in our lives. Jesus himself said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. God, above everything else, above every voice, above all noise in our lives, Lord, may we be at a place where we are hearing you loud, strong, and clear. Because the only way we'll ever be able as Christians and as a church to send out a strong, clear signal about who you are to others is when we're receiving a clear signal from you first. God, if there's some here today who just want to come here this morning and pray and and just use this time to just seek your face and to hear from you about whatever it is, Lord, may they feel the freedom to do that today. We pray in Jesus' name.